Hey, zookeepers, it's the last Podzuki of 2020. Isn't that good news? I mean, 2020, right? <laughs> Am I right, guys? I mean, nobody said that at all this entire year when we're getting towards the end of it. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for a fun year listening to us. It's a really fun one. We're finishing it out with Adrian Stout. We watched the movie It, The Terror from Beyond Space, and It is boring, but it's a really fun episode. And as always, if you like this, tell your friends, your family, your loved ones, your pastor, your priest, your rabbi, whoever it might be, and uh, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. helps a lot. And as always, tweet us at Podzuki. Whatever you tweet at us, we'll read on air. And then you can also email us anything you might want, especially movie recommendations. We always appreciate that at podzukipodcasts at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-Z-O-O-K-Y podcasts at gmail.com. Anyways, hopefully 2021 is a little better, and we have some more fun Podzuki episodes for you coming up this year. Bye! All right, hey everybody! Welcome to the last Podzuki of the year. It's a it's a Christmas festivity. I thought you were gonna say the last um, Podzuki on the left. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> hey guys, it's the last Podzuki on the left. That's right. We're in your face about leftism and its importantness. I don't actually have any good jokes as a leftist, so I don't know where to go from there. Right, that that's the left can't meme. Yeah, yeah. That's when the cannibalism started. Yep. All right. Wrap it up. That's a, that's an episode. That's a good one. Uh, no, this is Podzuki. We talk about uh, big old monsters, monster movies, and sometimes they relate. This one kind of does this time. It's close. Kind of boring, though. Uh, anyways, I'm one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of those things. Luke Evans Flip. Hey, it's me, your third Hollywood kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman. And oh my God, who's this over here? Who's our special guest? Hi, I'm Adrian Stout. Hey, woo! <laughs> I like doing the claps every time. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, I feel like we kind of like wanted to experiment with the fact that YouTube has like pretty good quality videos they're uploading themselves. We found a movie from 1958 called uh, It, Terror from Beyond. Yeah, I, um, real, I never realized until I was researching this movie how many like 50s and 60s B-movies had It in the title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it? do you think it's related to that whole like weird communist Red Scare and it's such an ambiguous word that it gives that kind of aura to it or... Maybe. I, don't know. I think it's just laziness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's more, it's yeah, also absolutely. just like, it. it is like mysterious. Like, it could be anything. And one of them, it is a giant ant. Yeah. Like, that seemed like you could be a bit more specific than that, but. <laughs> and then what, you have the thing from that same time? Yeah. I believe. <laughs> the yeah. boring Was that one. the original title, that one? The thing from another world, that's what it is. Yeah. Or the thing from outer space. You know, the... Uh... Oh, there's there's a thing from another world and a thing from outer space. Mm. So, okay. Here's... You know the <laughs> thing when, like, the like flame, like, goes up on the title? Yeah. That, that was from the original. They did that. Not just from the John yeah. Carpenter one. Cool effect. That's pretty cool. It's very it cool. Uh, though I'd say the John Carpenter one is uh, clearly head and shoulders above that, for sure. I mean, that's... This is actually interesting to bring it up before we start talking about the movie, because this movie inspired something really good, which is uh, I found out like after taking some good notes that uh, Dan Barrow, I want to say? Oh, no, it's Dan O'Barrow. Uh, he was the screenwriter for Alien, and he got the inspiration from this movie as a kid. So this movie did something good, at least. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that whole nice. like new Hollywood, they, like, watched B movies. I mean, Star Wars was supposed to be like a Flash Gordon style B movie thing. Yeah. I, so the best filmmakers yeah, ever came up on such stupid movies. So that means we're going to have some good filmmakers in about another 10 <laughs> to 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. I mean, it's it's one of those things of like, I buy into it too, and I get excited for new Marvel films and new Star Wars films, but man, we are... We are decrepit with any create, like creativity in any type of movie or film right now. 
So. It would be so funny if, if the person who made the next Schindler's List was, like, inspired by not another teen movie. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it is called Schindler's List 2. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I say bad, but, like, some of those movies, like, they're just, they're simple. And anything else, because they're, like, even this, it's a space monster that kills people. That's almost literally it's very simple. It. <laughs> And then I, I did get the name wrong because I wrote it down. I decided to check my notes. It's Dan O'Bannon. Um, mm. Dude rocks. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, <laughs> big big screenplay energy because he also did Dark Star uh, as well as Total Recall and Heavy Metal for the screenplays. Damn. But this is the coolest fact. He also directed Return of the Living Dead, which is a personal favorite of mine. Oh, man. That, so... that chick that gets naked in that movie? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It does roll, man. Once again, let's just say it, dudes rock. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, thank you. I'll say so, it. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to talk about that weird commercial. Later. Yeah, we'll, bring <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll build to it. God, I could. Uh, but, yeah, keep going. I was going to say though, Adrian, do you have like a lot of experience with like like B movies or campy horror films of these sorts? Um, you know, I was thinking about it because um, yesterday you asked if I had a favorite and I realized I think that I watch a lot of different kinds of movies, but I really only watch like movies that my mom would watch or like have Meg Ryan in it. Um, <laughs> and I, I consider movies like this like stepdad movies. So like movies <laughs> that I avoid because my stepdad will Ooh. tell me about no, them. This is, this is 100% a stepdad. That's such a good yeah. term. I'm stealing it. Well, from it's, it's <laughs> <movies. So laughs> it includes... Yeah, it includes, like, this kind of movie, but also, like, samurai movies, James Bond movies, Marvel movies. They're all kind of stuff that I just let him explain to me, <laughs> you know? That's perfect. Uh, it also is the type of movies I all like a lot. I think yeah, most, I mean, they're good. Most movies that I've ever seen like this were from, like, probably from, like, episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And, like, yeah, with this man. movie, I kept expecting, like, Joel Hodgson to start talking about Folger's Crystals. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost i i didn't do it and i should have looked it up but did they ever do this for mystery science i doubt they did this one i mean they could have though this one's a little like like i said it's not terrible there are things i like about this movie like near the like when the monster starts killing people it gets a bit more interesting yeah mm -hmm. and i could i completely see how this could inspire alien because it has a lot of good ideas that are just executed poorly so it's oh yeah no it's it's got the creepy monster it's got a lot of smoking in space it's got like a <laughs> lot of smoking in space yeah. let's i mean let's get into it it's a very basic plot uh there is a spaceship sent to mars after the first man mission and that's where we get to see our uh our dr carruthers well, who's the main but we star. have the movie has two opening uh like exposition dump scenes like one like yes. over a panorama shot of mars and then another with like a reporter and some uh outer space nasa official telling what giving us all them all the information we just heard <laughs> yeah it's boring too. Like it just starts off boring and stays boring, and then when the monster shows up, it gets a little better. But like, I think a big feeling with this movie is that everyone looks like a dad, even the women. Like, there's no gender in this movie. Everyone's just dad. Like, I do like that they, there were a few female astronauts, and in one scene in the mess hall or whatever, the women are like pouring the coffee for the men. Yeah, of course. This is this is 50s space. Okay, you smoke. Women make all the food. It's yeah. 50 space. And if anyone's discovered to be a communist, that pinko's getting injected right they, into the They bring plenty of... Uh, they have a full complement of pom hair pomade. That they yeah. Use. I mean, I, I'm not joking about my observation. It's just like, this was that weird time period of like the 50s and 40s where like actors looked normal, but now it looks weird to us that everyone looks normal. <laughs> like, in the movies, like, how come everyone's not, like, 10s or 11s? So. But it's also where, like, people looked like they were 50 when they were 20. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And would also constantly smoke, so you can kind of put two and two yeah. together. There. <laughs> uh, moisturizing is very important, no matter what <laughs> decade you're from. Yeah, clear, clear, uh, clear cell. Now, that's yeah, for acne, isn't another it? Another one, too. Yeah. Like, so like we I'm have like the 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 main star of it's that uh, Dr. Carruthers who was on the first man mission they instantly accuse of killing the whole team 
because he's the only one that survived and then he's like no it was a space monster and they're like you fool that can't be true and then a space monster gets on their ship well they think um, he killed it's... them because they show one of the killed astronaut skull and there's a bullet hole in it right yeah yes they... which is pretty metal wait they never explained that part did they yeah, they did. They said they were searching around the day after they like got him, and were like, "Whoa, we found this by the by the bay door." Yeah, but no, did they explain why he shot himself or he was shot? I should say they didn't explain. Well, I mean, I think the the vague explanation was like we were all shooting stuff out there. Maybe he was lucky because we shot him instead of him getting, I don't know, squeezed like a toothpaste. Yeah, is the, that what that monster does? So here's the <laughs> thing with like the monster and what happens in this film is if it was done well in like a more modern setting or with more atmosphere to it, it'd be pretty horrifying because like apparently it it's uh this weird creature from Mars that through osmosis just sucks all living materials out of uh creatures, including the people on there. And then also if you get attacked by it, you get leukemia instantly. So that's like two horrifying things put together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that part of it. They give you leukemia, or did you just make that up? Yeah, it was a no. no it's, it's a yeah, brief scene. Like it's, yeah, no, they say it's like leukemia-like. Okay. Yeah, something about is... yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I remember because the nurse gets all upset and she starts explaining that he is like he's got some kind of I don't know. I I thought that the monster was like too much and also not enough at the same time <laughs> uh, yes 100 percent. it reminds me of an ex of mine uh, uh it was it it definitely was a thing where like the monster like had on and off switch it felt like like it was terrifying it would like go through metal doors and then it would just like okay time to give him a break like it's, you know what we've all been through a lot here <laughs> Yeah, yeah if, it's, if this were like a Star Trek episode, they would have tried to like communicate with it, and it would have made sense why it wasn't attacking. <laughs> it's just a frightened thing, but it's a '50s monster movie, so the monster's just evil. They got to kill it or yeah, die themselves. It, Luke, Luke, these are Americans. This isn't Starfleet. They're not trying <laughs> to like bridge the gap between species. Huh. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's an interesting thing because they also hinted it a few times during the plot of this film. Um, you'll notice we're not like doing a quick overview because the plot, this is more simple than even a lot of the other films we've done. It's like an hour nine runtime, but it, it's, they get on the spaceship, they're all stuck and they try different various methods to kill this alien. One effect I did like about the movie is, uh, they actually kind of had it cloistered off where it's like, there's different sections of the ship. They keep cutting off to keep it away from them, yeah. which did remind me a lot of Alien, but, like, uh, mm -hmm. it, it gave time for, like, exposition and building up things. But it also had a few parts that led me to laughing very loudly, <laughs> which is when they start to set traps for the monster. One oh, of the yeah. traps is just an air vent they line with grenades. Um, yeah. Like it's... Oh, I, I loved that, but, like, my big laugh reaction was when they just look over to the side and there's a wooden crate in this spaceship that's just labeled grenades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to talk about this, which is why did they have so many weapons on like a small man space crew of like? Did, yes. did you not? Did you not hear one of the guys saying like they brought them in case there were dinosaurs on Mars? Yes. <laughs> so dinosaurs would have been okay, but a creature on Mars—that's unheard of. <laughs> it's, it's like the Monty Python, <laughs> a tiger in Africa, in Africa sketch. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of silly logic to this movie that I think would be very funny if they played it either up more or more straight faced, but it was it's just a movie from the fifties, well, so you can't expect much from it. Yeah, that. like you said, the movie doesn't have a plot, but you'd think since they think the dude killed everybody from the first manned mission to Mars and they didn't lock him up for some reason, you'd think it would be the monster yeah, no, would start killing like people out. and they think he's doing it. Yeah. But it would have been it would have made more sense to me but they didn't do that <laughs> at all. Also, I thought they were going to have it where, like, after the first guy got uh, attacked and they said he was, like, having a weird infection, I thought he was going to, like, turn into a big old monster man and attack the others, but that didn't happen because that would be pretty cool. Mm. It would have been cool. Or just, like, something that doesn't make sense. Like, he gets attacked by the monster and turns into a werewolf, and they're like, yep, that's just <laughs> how it works. <laughs> like, it would have been fun. Um... Oh, that other thing didn't turn into a werewolf because Mars doesn't have any moon. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, they are the lucky ones. Looking at other notes for this, too. I just did write, at one point, the creature sucks you to death. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not a ton of notes for this one. I looked up the actual 
like director for this and it was a double feature he did with another film of his uh the director's name edward Kahn, which was uh the curse of the faceless man which is a story about a a man who is frozen in Pompeii by the volcanic uh, ash and then comes back to life and tries to find the woman of his dreams, but he's a monster. That sounded pretty fun. Does he have a face, though, or there. is that supposed to be better for I mean, I didn't watch it. I mean, maybe, do do any of us truly have faces, though? <laughs> uh, the question doesn't have a face. I mean, I guess he has a face, but yeah, he, he covers it up. Yeah, no, he's, it's under, yeah. Yeah. Well, so does everyone who wears a mask, Luke? <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see real quick here, too. I said, oh, yeah, the uh, 1.2, the captain gets attacked by the creature. And they have a streak of very faint blood running down his head. So it looked kind of like Rudy Giuliani's uh, sweat from earlier. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I date this podcast properly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, remember when that thing happened? You people listening to <laughs> a one-year-old episode of a podcast it's probably not around anymore i mean we could take a break here to talk about the fact that we've been in a pandemic for most of a year can you imagine going back and listening to podcasts that both took place before and after the pandemic now oh. it's yeah i actually recently listened to the new episode of comedy bang bang and they talk it's an older episode before the pandemic that he didn't release and he mentions at the top of the show that like oh, i was gonna release it in a when it first are like in a month, you know, when it's all over, when they thought that's what it was going to be. <laughs> but I find myself going back and like purposefully listening to podcasts that are before just so that they never mention anything, um, because I feel that podcasts are too um, pandemic heavy these days. Yeah, I agree. It's so. very heavy on pandemic talk. I mean, we're even guilty of that right now. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah, feel Brent, we are. Well, you know what? I didn't make the virus. I didn't go out there and eat a big old bowl of bat soup. That wasn't me. Well, but I... to, br- to, to bring the lightheartedness back to the conversation, uh, I had a thought. This doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, but it's something I thought of earlier. What's a good food that you could eat in the shower? I do like this a lot. I think any episode that we have like this, we should just kind of throw it however we want because, man, we've gone through like the whole plot already almost and we're only 20 minutes in. So I'm going to answer very simply. I think an apple is a fun thing to eat in the shower. Okay, oh, that's something that, good, yeah, you could eat an apple food. in the shower. Uh, I was I was going to say either like a, a personal sized serving of either uh, Twizzlers or Red Vines. See, I kept oh, thinking of gosh. like, a burrito, but you know, like those like head umbrellas that golfers wear. It's like put one of those on it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's I, really fun. I thought like noodles because they're already kind of wet, you know. Oh yeah, I like they've that. already been in water. But I actually, uh, Martin did just finish a whole bag of red vines, and I'm thinking you're right. <laughs> From my recent experience, that would have been a good shower food. I mean, at first I would be like, oh, what about the food dye and it coming off? But red vines are like a plastic, basically. I don't think they would have any runoff if you got them wet. Twizzlers maybe. They'd get sticky, but you're in the shower already. So like, you kept it in the shower exactly. long enough, it would probably dissolve because they're pretty much just sugar, right? Yeah, well, no, I don't want to change my thing. I say go for a bottle of syrup. Mm. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> There's only one way to know, really, to find out, which is we're going to have to all get some good old red vines and hop in that uh, good yeah. old steamer. Get some syrup, and then you can sing that uh, Def Leppard song while pouring syrup all over yourself. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pour sh- some sugar on me. What a weird song that is. Yeah. Man, remember when songs were just about being horny in yeah. those days? I remember that song from like an eighth grade dance and I was like, how do all of my eighth grade girlfriends know this song? But they were like getting into it. And that was the first time I heard, um, heard the horny song. That's such a weird way to experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot of energy to deal with at that age. It was too much. I mean, I remember like, I don't know, school dances in general were such a strange thing and, specifically i went to like the spring fling at my high school and then prom and both of the times i'm like well this is fun but i do just want to go home and play video games yeah prom's <laughs> um, the only one i really went to i went to one in middle school but i hated it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah middle school you shouldn't be able to do anything legally during middle school in my opinion <laughs> nothing good can happen at that age group 
Well, no, no, there, you could you could do some things, but like just make it extra recess time. No one wants to go to a fucking dance. No, yeah. I went to a middle school dance once after I had just seen Rent in theaters. Oh, <laughs> but no. I, I just thought I'll go to Rent real quick and then I'll go to the teen dance. And I remember walking into the dance and the vice principal going, "Are you okay?" And I'm like still crying, <laughs> <laughs> out to enjoy I my mean, night. If only. I, I like to imagine that you were really upset not about the tragedy, but it's like, why did they try to make them pay rent? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Landlords are evil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be good to be woke that early. I, I've had fun experiences of remembering things like being really into Rage Against the Machine and System of a Down when I was in high school. <laughs> and now looking back and being like, wow, those bands really were way ahead of their time. Because that's where I am like politically at this point now. <laughs> yeah. So totally. it's been fun. Um, I do want to talk about this since we're going down the shower path, which is do you how do you all feel about shower beers? I'm I'm for them. Uh, I I I'm for them in spirit. I don't drink anymore, but I do uh enjoy the occasional shower LaCroix. Or Ooh, bubbly. I like oh bubbly when you're getting a little bubbly. That's nice. <laughs> you know it. I've never felt thirsty in the shower to where I've wanted one, but I did try to take a bath the other day and I stupidly made hot tea, which was way too hot for the situation. Um, But it sounded nice, but that's, I don't really, I think the idea of a shower beer sounds lovely. I've done it a few times in my life, but it always feels performative. I think like it's, (laughs) it's like, it's like something you'd see a cool guy do in a movie, but when you're doing it in real life, you're like, well, I just gotta get out and drink this now. <laughs> like, what's no, I, I have shower beers. Like if I like got a six pack for after after work, and like take a shower after work and drink a beer in there, I think that's really nice. Yeah, I got. I'll give it a shot again. We have a lot of time before things change. Since uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's not go down the dark path again. Anyway, you're the one who keeps bringing it up. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah. All right. It's you know what. I, I don't want to be one of those people that are saying before times or unprecedented times. So let's get back to this piece of shit movie. Um, <laughs> I yeah. did have a note I wrote down for this. I think it's my favorite quote from the movie. What's that? Which is probably why I wrote it down. Uh, well, one of the guys, and it's just, it feels like the most like just fifties sci-fi film line where a dude just says like, Mars is almost as big as Texas. <laughs> like, Ooh, I love that. I'm writing that down right away. Almost Dan, as big as Texas. True? Yes, he said almost as big <laughs> as Texas. It's got to be, like, way, way, way bigger, right? Yeah, it's right? definitely bigger than Texas. Yeah. Yes, that it's definitely than Texas. Yeah, it's, okay, just look it up, because I didn't want to feel stupid, but it's half the size of Earth. <laughs> I mean, okay, first off, let's do the obvious joke. Yes, everything is bigger in Texas, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm looking at all these things, and I'm remembering, like, the size comparison of Earth, and that was the first time... I ever felt frightened was the cosmic realization of like being able to fit a million earths inside of the sun and just how insignificant everything is. I don't know why, but it was that fact that really got me as a kid. Um, oh, I, I love the Mike Giants too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Shout out to the Mike Giants. Great band. Still solid all There's these years There's a song later, from Animaniacs that's like about that too. Oh. Which is the theme to Animaniacs, as we all know. Um, <laughs> Just gotta read the between the lines. Um, hey, uh, weird weird question. Did anyone see the poster for this movie? No, I believe I did. I can't really, but I can't think of anything super memorable about it. So I'm looking so it up in, now. Well, in in the corner of the YouTube like thing, there was there was the poster for the movie, and I saw up top there's like a fifty thousand dollar guarantee. And when you zoom into the poster, there's a little sticker on there. That says, buy a world-renowned insurance company to the first person who can prove that it, in quotation marks, is not on Mars now. Which which I just think is the most adorable advertising campaign for this very bad movie. I'm looking at this right now, and this rule is also the art for it's really cool, because I really love that old style. And it looks like it's for the double feature they did for, like I was saying, of uh, Curse of the Faceless Man. And... Curse of the Faceless Man really got short shrimped in this because there's nothing for that. And then look at it right now, just ruling that top, giving out <laughs> that fifty thousand dollar guarantee. Yeah, I'm never I, gonna see I'm, that movie. I'm positive the only reason uh, people talk about this movie is because it inspired the uh, screenwriter for Alien. Oh, hundred percent. I, I definitely uh, was like seen posters and stuff for this movie. It's something that I, I knew it was just a '50s monster movie, but I was kind of familiar with it. 
Oh, it... I mean, to talk about, like, the positives, I did think, like, the, a lot of the set design for the actual interiors of the ship was pretty neat, because once again, it actually did remind me of Alien. <laughs> uh, anytime they, they shot to the outside of the ship, it was very confusing. Of Like, you all thought this was a good idea of, like, just going with basically a cigar with wings on it. <laughs> like, I know you could have done better for this. Like, easily. I, I don't know if they could have, Brandon. Yeah. I just, you know, I always want to see people do the best they can. That's that's how I feel. Can I ask you a question about science? Of course. Okay, so <laughs> can, would they be able to walk on that spaceship like that on the side in space? Can you do that? Do you know what I'm talking I, about? I, I was thinking they probably had, like, magnetic shoes, but they don't ever mention that, do they? They yeah. do not. They just from the body posturing, or maybe how they're trying to do it. I was thinking the same thing, uh, but maybe they're just really heavy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did I, think I was it was cute. Good. The exterior scenes when they did like the Batman trick, where like if you turn the camera on the side, oh, yeah. <laughs> it look like they're sideways. <laughs> there was a lot of movie magic in this. <laughs> yeah, well, I can agree with that a hundred percent. A lot of good movie magic being used. Especially with, like, lightings and effects, uh, you know, doing the whole uh, tinfoil wall to make it look like steel when he breaks out. Yeah. It's fun. The movie had like some atmosphere, well, as you were saying earlier, <laughs> with the comparison to Alien. Yeah. While, uh, while we are talking about movie magic, could we dip real quick into Mothru Paul's Drag Race? Mothru Paul's Drag Race. Because there's only really one outfit to talk about. <laughs> yes. The, oh, this is our very famous favorite section. I'm stealing the exact phrase from Thought Cops now, uh, where we talk about the fashion in the film. Um, take it away, Martin. Uh, okay, I'm in love with the designs for these spacesuits. They just have so many straps, and they are just so, like, they, they feel like peak 50s space culture design. They it's do. so yes. good. And they have a bunch of little pockets and buns that I think are cute, and then I imagine them being, like, fun bright lego colors of like red yellow blue and green and mm -hmm. you know what that's a that's a tight fit i'm just gonna say that now <laughs> um yeah i do especially I, I i love that design when like they're all standing together and they just look like a bunch of precious little boys in space yeah. <laughs> um, i kept thinking for some did any... stupid thing for some reason i kept thinking the phrase white astronauts the movie <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, buddy, you ain't wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's fun for a lot of the the costume and the set design. I pulled up uh, another picture of them in those jumpsuits. Uh, really fun for that. And then, of course, the women have like slightly different jumpsuits, but they're kind of white and maternally, so you can know they're nurses, I feel like, is why they designed it like that. Or it's just the 50s, who oh. knows. Well, if we're still in um, Mothra Paul's Drag Race, the monster costume was the, the little bit of trivia the mask wasn't built quite big enough so like the monster's like tongue is actually the actor's chin oh that's so funny <laughs> wow. it did it seem to you guys like the head was like falling off the whole time because i felt like he kept touching it to like keep it on or maybe i was just projecting that i would be doing that but <laughs> it just I I that that costume does look itchy. I feel like he I, he either had to be doing that to keep it on or because he was just like scratching. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like a scratch situation or just it is a lot of poor budgeting. I'm positive for this film knowing that it was very low. So it could also be that he did have to hold his head and keep it on. There. Could you find any like actual figures on how much money was spent and and then made off this movie because I kept looking for that. I couldn't find it. I got curious too because, like, looking up the Wikipedia, it said that both this and the other movie he directed were made like on a suit, like a shoestring budget to do the double features that were popular at the time in the fifties. So I'll say it's probably like ten dollars. <laughs> feels right. And it like, feels right to me. Yeah, just a bunch of paper mache and tin foil, and you're good to go. But I mean, I like I said, I don't want to discredit the movie too much. I did. I actually think for the time period, the set design was pretty neat. But, uh, you know, just, it was, it was very boring. You know, we'll, I'll save it for when we get to the reviews, which we're not too far off from. But um, it's something you're like a 17 year old in 1958, and 
something to be in the background while you make out with your girlfriend at the <laughs> drive-in. <laughs> Just sitting there and be like, oh, geez, I hope they invent hand jobs soon. This sucks. I can't wait to figure out if that <laughs> guy in the next movie has a face or not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet he does. Uh, what? Okay, I, I do... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you guys, okay, I agree that the movie was boring, but it actually brought me a lot of, like, philosophical quandaries, um, and you you haven't even touched on the love triangle aspect, so there oh, actually, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. there was a lot of, like, like at the beginning, like, um, like, when they were trying to, like, try him for murder, I was like, what are the logistics of, like, the jurisdiction of, like, well, I went to space, like... Do do you have jurisdiction on Mars? Is there like how can you be? I don't know. Well, they said I, I just court didn't understand. Marshall, so that would have been court martial like, because he was working for the government. I think he would have always been in under jurisdiction. Well, yeah. but then I also was like, I feel like your whole argument then is, well, you've never been there, like you don't know what goes on up there, and <laughs> yeah. also I just kept thinking about the monster who I really believe looked like just like a grumpy mascot to me, but I found myself yeah. really sympathizing with, with the monster because, um, th- they said something like about how he like infiltrate. There's a part where like they talk about him like infiltrating and killing everyone. And I was like, you went to Mars, dude, like you ruined his life. And so, yeah. and he's just trying to live. So I was actually uh, in my head this entire time. So, um, not a lot went on, but I, I thought that it really made me think. I mean, I want to say and deposit this. I think you watch movies better than I do. I was just watching <laughs> this and being like, man, fuck all these guys. Like, I was trying to just... bring you guys something instead of just like, there's a lot of buttons. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah. I'm going to be completely Very honest. True. I spent a good portion of the time this movie was playing reading gay porn. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could... <laughs> did you say reading? Reading, yeah, like, like <laughs> stories. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That's so, like, nice. yeah, uh, I read my porn. <laughs> I mean, it's the th- if you if you want me to be honest here, and you can quote me, I do feel that Iraq has the thinking man's porn. Um, oh, look, yeah. at, look at these big hot shots over here bragging about how they can read. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We went to college just so we could figure out what these letters are all about. Um, I spent actually I did spend most of the time watching the movie because I just got done with work and I'll give these films this. It's like just a good way to unwind and just like all of your thoughts leaving your body. I looked at my phone maybe like twice just to get notes on the movie and look up some details. So mm. I mean mentally it's a good experience and it's a good way to unwind. This is going to sound like I'm the oldest person in the world but I do feel like so many movies and television shows throw things at you so constantly Sometimes you just want to check your brain out, you know? It's like, okay, they're in space and there's a monster. That's it. Good. <laughs> I don't want to give a shit about anything else right now. Yeah. So. Well, and and also it was kind of a movie about, like, it, it ended up being kind of a movie about, like, pest control, it felt like. Like, it didn't really feel like a monster movie. It just felt like they, like, wanted to get this thing out of their living space. <laughs> so it wasn't, it really wasn't... Um, scary it, it just made me it made me think about how we treat animal animals and and um things in our lives <laughs> and um i was really really trying to bring you guys some sort of conclusion about <laughs> but you knew it was going to be boring at the beginning when they're like mars is treacherous and dangerous and it's just like a serene <laughs> landscape yeah. yeah like actually it looks kind of chill like did you even give it a chance <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's we so, could. It's so brutal. We can't colonize here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to spend our gentrification to the stars? Um, <laughs> I, I do think we could go to reviews pretty quickly for this film because. Oh wait! Uh, before we go to reviews, uh, this is just I another little thing that I did love about this movie. Uh, didn't you guys love it when he was just like sh- like fighting fighting him off with that torch? Yeah. Wasn't that? Uh, just yeah. Really <laughs> oh, how can I forget that? That was the funniest thing about this movie. Also, was it not the best when the monster broke his leg by very softly hitting him on the head and then <laughs> yeah. it to a leg just bending a little bit? <laughs> yeah, but that was a, a very funny thing that I do want to mention before we get out here is like the captain of the ship gets stuck in a corner and they get a hold of him and like, hey, how are you staying alive? It's like, I found this torch and I'm just keeping him away. It's going to last for about three hours. And then he just cut to a scene of the monster slightly bending over trying to get him and then him lighting the torch going like, yeah, get away. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was so funny because they did it so many times it became comical. Like they had to have some clue that this was very funny to the audience. I don't know. That actually, that's one other thing about this movie which I found uh, a little confusing. 
uh, at the end of it, they reveal that all of that happened over like a day. Yes. <laughs> like this feels like multiple. It, it should have been multiple days of them trying to fight this alien off. The but the worst uh, M Night Shyamalan twist to ever be filmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never really That's find like... anything like the monsters bulletproof because they have like they have regular guns and they shoot the monster, but it doesn't seem to do anything. They have so many regular guns yeah. on the spaceship. Yeah. I liked when they tried to electric electrocute him and then the sparks just fly out of his ass, like, just a few times. Yeah. Just sparking up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is what it is. We should just get to the good old reviews. Um, we are still currently right now in the Machamp rating system. If you're familiar with Pokemon, the franchise, uh, Machamp is a delightful creature, a giant muscular man wearing a Speedo that's also an animal and has four arms. Um, and you keep him inside of a ball. But he, he has four arms, so we like to give uh, movies uh, four arms any way you want it. So they could be like four hands uh, giving thumbs up, four hands giving thumbs down. Maybe like they're doing a, a applause all together. And it's kind of cool because it's like it sounds like a lot of people are applauding, but it's only one guy. Um, it'd be cool to have four arms. I'm going to say <laughs> right out of the gate, this is uh, three thumbs down, one thumbs up. That thumb is sticking way up for that set design and some of that atmosphere. And the fact it did lead to one of my favorite movies ever being made uh, getting pinned out. So that's pretty cool. So uh, props to you. The other three going down are because it is it's so, so boring. <laughs> so boring. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to give four thumbs down because it's a benign movie. It's harmless. Uh, let's say uh, five out of ten, just right down the middle. I'm... Uh... I'm gonna do a similar thing where uh, my Machamp actually has all of its thumbs just kind of going sideways. Doing that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is this is a leave or take thing because there are some things I definitely enjoyed about it, but I also maybe would have liked to have that 68 minutes of my life back. Uh, also, another disappointing thing about this film doesn't even make it to 69 minutes. It's 68 <laughs> minutes long, and that's Ooh, so frustrating. That is a cardinal sin in my book. <laughs> I, I'm just glad it was only like an hour, like that. Yeah, I will give it that. It's at least short. That's the thing I always like about a bad movie is when it goes by quickly. Listen, this is my first monster movie, really, so I'm not going to let you guys convince me that it's not good. Um, I thought okay. it rocked. <laughs> Much it was, like dudes. Yeah, I, I love dudes, and I love this movie, um, and all the dudes in it, and I love how every woman is hanging on the dudes all the time, always one hand on. Um, I liked all their muscular bodies and strong jaws. Oh, wow, um, we watched a very good <laughs> so, so I'm going to give it definitely a two out of four for sure. So um, I put it on Letterboxd that I watched it. Um, and, and there were actually some really mean <laughs> reviews on there. So, <laughs> But yeah. I liked it. So I, I say two out of four. I mean, I was probably a little harsher on this film <laughs> because we've been doing this for so long at this point. Um but yeah, it's it's not the worst one we've watched. We've had some real stinkers, but it's also definitely not good. Yeah. So it's who can truly say? I, it's a product uh, of its time. If you're into like '50s B movies, like B science fiction movies, you'll be into this. Oh yeah! If you want to see something that Futurama has definitely referenced, check this out. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Um, we wanted to get through pretty quickly because we had a bit of an event happen during this, which is, uh, oh God. our, our co-host here, Luke, <laughs> who we love and we keep in our prayers wherever he may be, um, saw a really good commercial is how I should put it. Luke, would you like uh, to explain? It's a 35 minute commercial to begin with. It's around mm -hmm. like 32, 35 minute commercial for something called the desire system. <laughs> and it's essentially like you can probably extrapolate a lot of it just from hearing the name, but it's like it's a pickup artist thing, though. It's claims to be based on neurology, and they keep using this term emotional contagion. It, <laughs> Which sounds frightening. Yeah. The entire. Like, that's, isn't that the whole plot to like uh, eight days later? I forgot the 28 name days now. later? 28 days later. Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, sure. Wow, I really took the steam out of you on that. But so the, uh, the entire thing is narrated by Mike, 
that's what they say the name is, but it's clearly just a voice actor who was sent some copy and given money so he can pay his for his car insurance for another month. Talking about how his, he keeps calling it a presentation too, but from his a presentation of his mentor, Dr. Dave Tien, PhD, a <laughs> new system for picking up any woman. Yeah, which, uh, uh, as put in the 35-minute advertisement, um, <laughs> is works so well that uh, a bunch of SJWs were yelling at him on forum <laughs> saying, you can't do this, you're going to reverse feminism. And he's like, well, this is what it was meant to do, is to control women like we should. Um, I might he, he, they do add a that, little... but that's basically what he said almost word for word. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. add a little bit, like, if you're someone who's gonna wants to cheat on girls, treat them poorly, then... Turn the video off right now. After talking about like social justice warriors and uh, feminists, as if it's a bad thing. And yeah, that term to this day blows my mind. That was like the thing they ran with. Of like, how are we going to make fun of these people? We're going to call them social justice warriors. <laughs> a, a term where every word sounds both something good that you should be fighting for and pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like badass. Yeah, like what are you fighting for? Social justice for everyone? Oh, cool! You're the villain in the situation. So uh, I don't believe he says "cuck" at any point, but I, he totally it would have been in line with the way he spoke about things. And mainly, it's it's the length that really makes it fascinating. Like he keeps repeating a lot of information, but also he's telling these wild, clearly not true stories, like about being in love with a woman that he worked at Applebee's with, like this. He never says they were dating. Dropping, name dropping Applebee's. Yeah. Well, he adds like he adds like names to people like one like just the first name or like mentioning an actual Applebee's and that's like a manipulation tactic to try and like see it's real. See, they have a name, so they're of course they're a real person and not just someone I made up. <laughs> but was he, he selling to... something? It's I went to the website. Yeah, he was. Go ahead. They specifically mentioned towards the end of the video, because I was clicking around, that it's like a $237 seminar you can pay for online. Um, so anybody who's going to give that money over, props to, to Dr. Well, David that's the thing. For Our that money. narrator, Mike, apparently yeah. paid $5,000 to see the seminar <laughs> like when, it, when he was doing it live. But do you want to know something? There's an opposite side to this i don't know if it's the same guy that makes the advertisements but i've seen one for women that's like the opposite um have i don't know if you've seen this or maybe it was just targeted to me but there's one where it's like i'll give you the one sentence that will make any guy fall in love with you and like if you're sick of guys like running out on you and it's all about like making guys like giving them a hero complex and then they're like if you buy our class we'll teach you how to like employ this and i it's again like a super long video so i feel like you got that one and i got this one because they were just targeting our specific (laughs) vibes it could be but this whole thing is like not anything new these like people trying to scam you out of money by saying they can offer you a way to get with any person of the opposite sex that you want it's it's an old. Thing. I just wanted a sitcom of these listen, two people meeting. Well, there's a very there's a special kind of lonely that's trying to watch it, the terror from space, <laughs> yeah, it's on, true. A, on a Tuesday afternoon. Like that's that that's how you know the target ads are working. <laughs> the other target ad was just uh, a guy coming on saying, "Hey, are you okay, buddy?" Like, <laughs> I keep getting a commercial right? for gout medicine, so yeah, I, maybe. I, <laughs> I mean, I will admit this, that if I did have the power that I could suggest a woman to do anything, it would be to kill all men. So I don't know if that's a power I should ever have. Kill all humans. <laughs> kill now. Uh, it, yeah, it it was very entertaining. But the fact that th- that poor guy had to like read those lines for 35 minutes, whether he believed it or not, is also somehow super depressing on top of everything else. Well, I wonder if maybe he... <laughs> He put whatever it is. They put their all into reading those the lines. <laughs> They're really like he can't. Anytime they mention, even this will get you any woman. Even that girl who said she just wants to be friends. Mm-hmm. He, oh, those are the worst. Yeah, he he delivers monsters. it better than I do. But yeah, 
Yeah, could you imagine somebody just wanting to hang out with you because you're a fun person to be around? Sick. <laughs> oh man. Uh, once again, just gotta say, dudes rock. Um, Hell yeah. We should do we should do a champ rating system for the desire system. I'm gonna give it four <laughs> thumbs up. I, I watched four <laughs> minutes of it. I'm skipping the review. <laughs> I, I'll give it. <laughs> Four thumbs up as well, because I've watched it like three times, and I keep laughing at it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to bring it back. It's actually four beers in the shower. <laughs> it's not for Well, I'll give it four thumbs up. I mean, it, it would work on me, and it did work on me, and I called him, so... <laughs> How's Dr. T doing? He's doing great. He's here right now, listening to everything you're saying about him. Uh, okay. Dr. T uh, and you, the uh... women? Oh my god, I didn't realize that. Do you think that's on purpose? Probably not, because I think that dude, the dude is probably like 17 when that movie came out. <laughs> I mean, it could have affected him. There is nudity in that, and you kind of attach yourself to weird properties of the sort when that oh. happens, much like a lot of us at 13 when Titanic was released in theaters and your mom tried to put her hand over your eyes, but you looked through them. You saw what happened. <laughs> well, anyways. Yeah. Uh... There's also one more yeah. thing. He, the Dr. T, he runs the what they call the largest dating academy in the world in Singapore. And like, of course it's the largest dating academy in the world because it's probably the only one because dating uh, academy is not me, a thing. I believe there are... No, uh, Luke, have you ever watched an anime? There are so many dating academies. Yeah, there's way bigger than games. that one. Oh, well. I mean, you got Oran Host Club just off the bat thinking right now. Um, <laughs> you don't need to go down this line of thought either. You got Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. That's a dating academy. <laughs> it's mostly for card games, but it's dating. It's there. It's there. Is there one in Rent-A-Girlfriend? No, that's uh, that's just shameful to bring up either. Um, <laughs> I just know it exists. I've I not watched it. Yeah. Uh, I would say we should go to the good old stupid game section. Quit playing stupid games. Um, while we kick this off, I'm going to message Aaron to get in here if he can, so I'll edit this part out. But... Get in here, Aaron! <laughs> I was trying to do, like, Fat Bastard voice. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, Fat Bastard's kind of on the consciousness again, because uh, Austin Powers, I believe, is on Netflix now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Or Hulu. No, it's Hulu. Oh, I, I need to watch that. I mean, if anyone would know, it would be you, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> which, uh, is... I... It's only a compliment, Brandon. It's only a compliment. Yeah. It had to be on one of them because when me and Barb were building a uh, like a whole breakfast nook together, we decided to put that on in the background. And the breakfast nook was not easy to assemble. It was like one of those things we picked up from Wayfarer and it was worse than like an Ikea furniture piece to put together. So now I have this weird just extreme frustration tied to the Austin Powers movie, which I think is delightful. <laughs> Just like pegs not fitting, so. Uh, let me see if he's going to jump in here, too. I guess I should have started doing the other games while I wait for him, so we could do that. Uh, but I did want to ask a very important question. One of our favorite stupid games we've been doing lately is we like to ask our, our guest on, because our hosts know this answer, but uh, Adrian, I want to ask you, how tall is Steve Buscemi? Hmm... Well, I'm going to say he's taller than me. I'm going to say he's 5'11". He's oh, just man. shy of six feet. You're, you're very close, but I feel like 5'11 is more of a common answer than not the right one. So I, I think the the public kind of consciousness puts him at 5'11", but he's actually 5'9". Whoa! Um, so I'm sorry to report he's two inches shorter than we all think he is. But I'm going to ask everybody now in the chat, uh, uh, how tall is uh, Dan O'Bannon, the guy who wrote Alien? <laughs> yeah, six uh, feet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say he's a solid four foot eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I think he's five foot three. Okay, you're all uh, somewhat close, but the closest would be Adrian, so uh, she's getting the first point. He is five six. Whoa. So, I got one. Okay. Uh, Passed away 2009 from Crohn's disease. R.I.P. to a real legend. Check out <laughs> Return of the Living Dead if you ever get a chance. That's a fun movie. Uh, anyways, Luke, give it, give uh, it to how me. How tall is Mike, the narrator of the Desire System commercial? <laughs> do you actually have this? In yeah. Okay, I I do have the how? height. I have the height of David, uh, Dr. David T. that I was going to ask too. Mm. So I wonder if it's the same height. This might kind of connect some dots that we were talking about earlier. I was thinking, like, so I'm going to guess 
the character like that he's playing is not the actual I'm sure the voiceover actor who recorded that copy is a d- different height but <laughs> yeah. okay okay uh 57 uh any other guesses I bet he's 6 foot 4 yeah I'm, I'm going I'm going I'm going 411 again <laughs> nice uh 5 foot 6 so oh wow. so wow this is Okay, this is going to be a fun thing that I think kind of uh, that uh, kind of unites these two stories now, which is I want to ask you all how tall is Doctor David T? <laughs> Definitely not very tall. Mm. I'm going to go five six. I say five three. Nice. Ooh, I'm going with that solid a four eleven. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, listen, if you got a thing you're going to slide in, you got to stick with it. So I respect that. He's 5'7", so this makes my theory even more <laughs> likely that he wrote that copy because he's like, okay, I'm going to have this nerdy little guy who can use my system to get women, and just to make sure like, I'm better than him, I'm going to put him one inch shorter than me just to make sure <laughs> that everyone knows it's not me and he's a little weird. Well, it's one thing that I didn't mention that I one of the reasons I like the commercial so much because the narrator keeps giving like little things about himself, like how tall he is, that he has a big mole on his left cheek. <laughs> Uh, just tiny detail that I thought was really like. I thought it was weird how he constantly mentioned that he's just got a stinky shrimp dick on him too. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, almost the thirty minutes out of the thirty-five minutes is just that. Some people are now that would be that would be an advertisement for sure. Um, so yeah, I uh, I, I want to uh, see who can take the game now because I have the last question: How tall is everyone's favorite alien, the xenomorph? I mean, mm. those things are tall, like nine feet. Interesting. Um, are you saying like full full costume on, or the okay, actor let's, in the original? Let's say if we're going with we're going to go with standing height, not the actual full length of like tail to tip of the alien here. No, I was gonna say because in the first one, it crab walks a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm going with the canonical size of the xenomorph standing as uh, featured on the alien species fandom Wikipedia for xenomorph. Wait, is um, this the, the what the monster's called from this movie? No, from Alien. Oh. Yeah, that's the name of the the official name of the alien from Alien is uh, the xenomorph. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, I don't think this one got. I I don't think it the terror from beyond space got a name. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um. Well, I've never seen this alien, so I'm going to say it's like 15 feet. <laughs> yeah, I, well, this is going to be interesting. So uh, the canonical size of the xenomorph is 7.5 feet, uh, which seems uh, seems about accurate. If you were to do, as they say on the wiki, uh, all the way from the top to his tail, he is 15 feet long. So Whoa. Wow. Yeah, just a uh, real tall boy with that good old stabby tail. Uh <laughs> Great movie though, man. Both of them, Alien, Aliens, Alien Three is all right. It's it's fun. We talked about this yesterday, oh, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we we, uh, we had a fun Jackbox night, and that was brought up because I had watched Aliens this weekend, which is still a great film. Um, but yeah, I just was informed by Aaron he only has his phone on him, so we will not be having calls from Aaron, sadly. And now I have to edit out a few parts. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I did want to go to a, a classic request to bring back this game, uh, which is Who the Fuck is Ron Canada? Adrian, we like to talk about one of our favorite actors that's a bit uh, part player in a lot of films that we see constantly, and I just think has a whole charming presence to himself. His name is Ron Canada, and he's had over 256 acting roles. <laughs> um, so what I'm having you all guess today is Ron Canada has been on a very famous show that's ruined a lot of uh, people's brains over the decades, which is the West Wing, uh, and he played a Secretary of State. So I want to ask you, as the Secretary of State on the show, was his name Ted Gather, Ted Barrow, or Ted Aaron Sorkin? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Eric Sorkin. Ted Eric Sorkin. Ted Eric and Sorkin. <laughs> Ted Eric and Sorkin. Ted Eric and Sorkin. Final answer. Okay. Feeling good I'm going to say it. gather. I think it's so borrow. All right. I'm pleased to announce that our guest and wonderful comedian all around, Adrian Sout, has won 
this round of who the fuck is Ron Gannon. Wow. An honor. Thank you. It's uh, no cash value, but in my opinion, it is priceless. Worth its weight um, in gold. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, more precious metals, if you were to say, like, a platinum or uh, unobtainium. <laughs> yeah. uh, but with that, I think we should just get all to the good old recommendations and plugs and uh, ramp up this bad boy. We'll start off well i mean we really haven't been doing plugs because you know mm. you know everything going on um none of us are running indoor comedy shows at the height of pandemic that uh lead other comedians to unfriend them on facebook because they can't stand seeing that shit anymore so <laughs> i would like to recommend uh something really a, a delightful game that's come back into my life which is doom 64 Oh, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, I picked it up on the Switch because it was on sale for 99 cents, and I'd never played it as a kid. I played all the other oh. Dooms, and it's a, it's a delightful, fun little romp. You go around uh, <clears throat> hell, and you explode demons around the rocket launcher, and I really think it's a great allegory for I, modern I life. like the older Dooms <laughs> because you don't have to like aim up and down, just left or right. Yeah, I do like the simplicity about that. But, you know, my favorite thing is that uh, even though... I keep getting older. All the dooms, they stay the same. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, I will recommend uh, if you have a like a window in your shower, you know, now it's getting cold, uh, <laughs> take a hot shower with the window open. It's real nice. Man, you yes. you're really shower I mean, I've <laughs> you know the episode of Seinfeld when Kramer spends like a week in the shower. Yeah, I yeah. I want that. I want to do that. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, if I had it's... a place to store it, I would get a seat for my shower. Uh, but the only issue I'd have against that is we'd never see you again. I mean, I've always wanted to do a podcast for my shower. I had an idea. I think I told you guys about this. Like, oh. Welcome to my shower, where it's we a thirty-minute, could... po- fifteen to thirty-minute podcast, where I just have a conversation <laughs> with somebody while I take a shower. I mean, I like the idea, but the only thing I, I'm thinking about right away is how loud is are the acoustics in the shower? Like, how would we get through that? I mean, I would be... There are some kinks to work out with. It's probably why I haven't <laughs> done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the scientists are working yeah, on so, it as we speak. Well, we're, 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 uh, we're testing some things. <laughs> uh, and for uh, plugs, I'm going to say this, this dumb like joke I came up with earlier. It's uh, Or character. <laughs> Is grammatic George Jetson. Jane! Stop this crazy thing. (laughs) Okay, it's worth it. I'm aboard. I'm not not a very good dramatic Uh, actor. You're doing a great job. George George was beautiful. I'm just glad I didn't say George Jefferson like I was worried I was going to. Oh, yeah, I see that. Uh, I I guess as always I want to recommend following uh, Brandon Kirkman's Twitter at Kirkman Brandon. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, and uh, in terms of a recommendation, uh, I've really been uh, enjoying uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. If you oh, if you liked, so good. Uh, if you liked, I think you should leave, which was a great sketch show that came out on Netflix last year. Um, check this one out. It is it's a lot of fun. Uh, basically, if you don't like the first episode, you're not going <laughs> to like the rest. Yeah, but please stop right like, away. If you do like the first episode, it's a fun season. Um, after you watch that, have you been going around your house and every once in a while you just go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's a guy. I love just the way he says that for like five minutes straight. It's uh, such a good show. Yeah, um, Adrian, did you have any fun recommendations or plugs you wanted to get out there into this crazy uh, big blue sphere? Oh, sure. Well, I don't have any plugs. You can find me on social media at AIDSTOUT, A-D-E-S-T-O-U-T. There's really nothing much on there. Um, that is where I am 20 hours of the day. And yeah, it is a fun Twitter, though. I will say that. I like your Twitter a lot. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, trying to have the least amount of followers possible, so kind of repelling. Um, no, but um, nice. that's where I am. And then recommend – so I, any media to recommend? And we like to go nuts. You could even recommend an emotion or a feeling, media works, uh, streaming services, whatever. Okay. You name it. You name that poison. 
Okay, okay. Well, I recommend just um, general peace, joy, happiness, if you can muster it. But I also recommend, um, yesterday I listened to the audiobook of Jeff Tweedy's How to Write One Song, um, which... If you have a lot of like thirty-year-old men that listen to your podcast, they might enjoy it. Um, but <laughs> do we? The, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, so, but it was like it's kind of like a creativity guidebook, but also um, he's narrating it. So he, it's like Jeff Tweedy's like coaching you um, and kind of telling you to stop crying and write a song. So that was really nice, and I actually did cry in the middle of it. So it's really, and it's only a three-hour listen, so you can knock it out on one workday. Yeah, I, I'm gonna check that out too because I'm a huge uh, Jeff Tweedy fan. So I mean, if you're if you're, if you're a Wilco boy and you live in Chicago, how could you not listen to that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. That's right. Um, I think that's I think that's all we that's all we gotta do. Let's let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> done with the shit. Done. But thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. Uh, I do hope that in some semblance when the pandemic's over you go back to hosting an open mic somewhere out there in this uh, <laughs> chicago city because i really liked you as a host and that was a fun time thank you um i just really a, a return to comedy in general would be nice i've gone long enough that i actually missed live comedy which is something i never thought i would say as comedy, <laughs> which totally. is a weird thing i realized about myself uh, alan <laughs> quinn did a thing recently about that i think yeah yeah, I mean, that's how you know it's been going for a while. But, hey, you have fun <laughs> things like podcasts. It's not so bad. Once again, I'm ending on a very sad note. But, hey, you know what? What are you going to do? This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>